0: Join us, friends.
1: Great Scott Spa Guy. Do they know what we have in store for them?
0: They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the Grey
1: Ghost Spa Guy?
0: Exactly, old chum. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, all right, all right. It is the Spa Guy, and it is not Trey. But we're still not wishing Cotton was a monkey. And if you don't know what that means, that is kind of this fake world that we live in where people say that things that are not true are true and they say that things that are true are not true. And that's where I bring my good friend, David Gould in.
1: Hey, hey, man, (laughs) good to be here. I should have gotten my long hair wig out so I could be like Trey. Yeah, and Trey, by the way,
0: Trey is on assignment in a land far, far away. He is very, very busy filming and doing some stuff. And it was just one of those weeks we were not able to work out getting together. So uh, uh, David and I have been talking about some different uh, subjects. Today, we're going to talk about Israel and not specifically Israel so much. It's going to be part of it. But wigwam is what we do here. So we're going to talk about false prophets. Is that fair, David? Uh,
1: That's fair. We could talk for hours and hours about that. Yeah.
0: It's uh business is good for false prophets, right? It's now. a good
1: time to be a false prophet, let me tell you. <laughs> There's a lot of profit for false prophets these days. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are on YouTube. Yeah, you know, this is the this is like the gold mine for false prophecy. Here we are.
0: Yeah, and uh so you don't have to qualify to be on YouTube, as you know. You can just if you've got a camera and a computer and you have enough sense to create a channel, you can guess what you can have a platform. And the Bible says that in the end times, there's going to be a lot of false prophets. So one thing that's very, very important about that is in order for you to know a false prophet, you've got to know the Bible. So you've got to know what God says and what is in his word that lets you know what a false prophet is and how to find them, or you're going to fall. What's that, what's that old saying? If you, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Yes. So if you don't know the Bible and you don't know what God's word said, then how are you going to know? So David's going to talk about some ways to know. Yeah. I was actually talking in your Bible would be one way.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's it. That's the most important thing. If you don't hear anything else on this uh, podcast, you know, get into the word, you know, get out of all this other stuff, and get into the word of God. Uh, I have a friend who used to work at a bank, and she told me recently, we were talking about this, and she said, you know, they would teach us how to recognize counterfeit bills at the bank. She said, but they wouldn't show us counterfeit bills. They'd show us the real bills enough that we could notice what's real, so we could notice what's not real. And so, you know, there's a a lot of books about false prophecy and a lot of books about prophecy and all these things, but the best way to know is to stay in the word because God's already told us the truth. He doesn't have to tell us about every lie. He just has to tell us the one truth. And if we'll stick to that, it'll help us avoid a lot of, a lot of problems. You no, know, he can't cover all the lies.
0: You know, every time you zig, they zag, you know, that's, that's the way right. well, you and I found that out in business is Every yeah. time we zig, they zag. And <laughs> it's the same thing with the Lord. He, and, but that's why it's so important that you know the standard that God set forth. He set forth a standard, and it's not a secret. It, there's a book, and it's in that book. Um, so you've got to know that standard in order to recognize them. And it also says that you will know them by their fruit. So that's another piece of the puzzle, but that's not necessarily false prophets. That's people coming and saying that they are with the Lord and are doing his work. Right, and the Lord will allow people, let's let's talk about that for a second. He will allow people that are not right with him to do the work. You know, there's there's examples in the Bible where he took people that were actually not with God, but they were saying they were, and allowed them to do things. Can you can you cite something?
1: Yeah, well along those lines? I mean, the, the greatest villain in the Bible is probably Judas Iscariot. Yeah. And uh, they knew along the way that he was taking money out of the bag of the ministry. It says they knew it. And yet Jesus yeah. didn't pull him from that job. You'd think he would try to take the thief away from the treasure job, but yeah. he just let him stay there. And um, and Jesus talks about letting the wheat grow up with the tares. And in the end, you'll figure out which is which. Um, but there's plenty of people in the Bible. God used uh, God used Pharaoh, you know, against his will, but he used him. Uh, and So God's willing to use people, false prophets sometimes, uh to uh to do his work not not because he wants to but because he needs to get our attention and also uh because if you want to choose to believe a lie you know after a certain period of time he's going to be like okay enjoy it it's on you consequences but tried to warn you but you know i'm not going to take the wheel from you and stop your car sign said the bridge is out you want to keep driving that's that's on you yeah. And so God does that a lot, but again, even then, it's still to redeem us. Like it, it, He He allows us to crash sometimes, just so He can redeem us. Um, yeah. But uh, He
0: doesn't allow it to, to harm you. It's to help right. you. He has. Plans and and for I also him. wanted to to bring up that He puts in um, uh, leaders, for instance, presidents. Mm-hmm. So it says that that He puts presidents in and takes presidents out, or leaders, whichever way you want to right. put it. Exactly. And king, I think the Bible calls it kings, mm-hmm. uh, but he does that in order to punish us or to reward us. So right. it could actually be either yeah. way.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's throughout the Bible, as you said earlier. And, and what we're seeing today in Israel uh, is also it's part of that long, long history that God has with humanity and specifically the long history he has with certain people on the planet. And uh, so we when i when I look at what's happening today, YouTube, we said it's a fertile ground for any and everything, and that's what makes it dangerous. It's what makes it great because you can jump on there and find a video about how to fix your wife's uh, headlight bulb on her car. Uh, or a but hot you can also. Or, or hot tub, fix a hot tub. That's right. Um, or You have videos about fixing a headlight bulb, right? Exactly. And they, they took off. And I'm not even a mechanic. You know that. But, <laughs> so, so there's an example of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, getting on YouTube and people <laughs> following them into whatever chaos that is. Uh, so it's but you taught too, people how obviously. to do it. And you that's
0: successfully right. changed your light bulb. That's yeah. right. There so
1: you. at the same time, you can get on there and uh, you can be taken. Uh, you can be taken for a ride. And we, we know that happens. And and yet, at the same time, we, we're still drawn to it. Like, we, we like to watch train wrecks, you know? We like to watch the NASCAR races, not for the race, but for the wrecks. You know, it's, it's sad, but true. And the same is true with the uh, things that have to do with the Bible. And uh, so it's become popular to use YouTube and social media, TikTok, uh, to spread false information. And there's more of that than there is true information on there. Because in the time we live in, people would rather believe a lie than believe the truth. And so there's a market for it. And so looking at looking at Israel, for instance, it's as soon as it was a few weekends ago that it started up there. Uh, as soon as those first rockets went into Israel from Gaza. I mean, there were people, I guarantee you, there were some of these prophets that got up that morning and said, yes. You know what I mean? And it's sad. It's yeah. sad because... There's a lot of loss of life. It's a horrible tragedy. Just terrible things are happening. But I'll guarantee you some of those guys and ladies got on and said, oh, here we go. We're about to get the hits now because mm-hmm. they were about to to just say whatever and be the first ones to say it uh, because they knew people would jump on YouTube. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians will jump on YouTube to find out what those YouTube prophets and those TikTok prophets have to say about God's word in the end times. And so they've got their... They've got their market and they hit it. Uh, so the, the bad thing is that there's so many people believing the lie, uh, but there's still truth out there and there is truth. And sometimes um, we've talked about this, the, the most dangerous lie is the one that's closest to the truth. Like there needs to be some truth in it. When When Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness and he tempted him, he used the Bible to tempt Jesus. Mm -hmm. My my dad would say uh, the devil will tell the truth, even if he has to lie about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the telling the truth is an important aspect. It's got to be close enough that people go, wow, that makes sense, you know?
0: And so that's why. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's why the devil is called a counterfeit because he's just that close. And that goes back to the money you were talking about. It's so close that Mm -hmm. you have to pay attention to discern the difference.
1: Yeah, that's right. So this, and I'm this, sorry, I didn't mean to step
0: on your thought. No, you're good. I'm just that's, thinking that's of the word counterfeit. Whenever, mm-hmm. whenever I think of Satan, I always think of the word counterfeit because that's probably the closest definition. You could say he's a liar, but a liar could be a lot of things. Counterfeit is something that's just almost right, but it's completely wrong. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's dangerous.
1: That's the most dangerous one, and that's that's what we need to avoid. Uh, but unfortunately. Uh, there's not enough discernment in most people and even a lot of Christians to be able to discern, okay, that part's true and that part's not. Uh, so I'm going to get rid of this. Uh, and, you know, eventually at a certain point it's like, there's so much of it. that's not right. You just need to not listen to that person because obviously they're, they're using and abusing the truth to, to make their own way and to make their case. So we talk about Israel, for instance, you know, and it's on everybody's mind and of course it's all over the media Uh, It's strange that such a small sliver of real estate can cost so much interest and so much trouble and so much uh, angst and all these things and so much hope at the same time. So it's obviously important. Even in the even in the the irreligious world, it's very, very important. That's how important it is. So it's not just important to God and it's not just important to the Bible. It's important everywhere all the time. And so we talk about, you know, what does this mean? People like what what does it mean? Does it mean Jesus is coming back soon? Well, I don't have to see a war between Israel and Gaza to know Jesus is coming back soon because the Bible said he's coming back soon. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. So there's nothing you can add to that word of God from this situation in Israel that's going to increase my faith because I already know it because I believe the word. And so you know, they say people have been saying since the Bible times that Jesus was coming back soon. And every time something like this happens, it's an opportunity for, for people to say, oh, here's a sign. Do you need a sign? Really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just look down in your neighborhood. That's You're probably going to find enough signs there that Jesus needs to come back soon, much less halfway around the world. So when I think about a prophecy, I generally think about it in two terms. One is kind of general prophecy and other is specific prophecy. So a general prophecy we might find all the way back in Genesis chapter three, where where the counterfeit Satan uh, fooled uh, Eve and Adam into eating the fruit. And then just within a few verses, like verse 15, 16, somewhere in there, uh, God is talking to Eve and he, pre- he predicts or he prophesies that there's going to be enmity between her seed and the seed of the enemy. And he said, uh, the enemy will strike your descendant on the, on the heel, but your descendant will strike him on the head. That's, that's a general prophecy that there's going to be a Messiah that comes to save us from this mess. Then you have um, specific prophecies, and that's what we find more in the books like Isaiah and, and those places where it's not just about there will be a Messiah one day with no details. It's like he's going to be born here, he's going to be born to this type of person, uh, he's going to uh, die this way, he's going to be bought for so many you know pieces of silver, and all these things like that's pretty specific. The general <laughs> prophecy in Genesis three can apply, you know, it could have applied to a lot of people. But by the time you get down to where he would be born, born of a virgin, that really narrows the scope of the prophecy, you know? And so there's generally there's specific and we have that all the way through the Old Testament. Go ahead.
0: I I wanted to go back to something before you, I know you're working your way through Genesis. So let's go back to, to Genesis one where the devil, when he lied or maybe is it Genesis one?
1: Yeah. uh, Chapter three, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Chapter three. Mm -hmm. Um when the devil told her what he said was a counterfeit thing, he didn't say you can do this and it won't be a big deal. He said, you will be like God. That's right. You know, so she went, oh, well, I want to be like God. Sure. Which was a pure lie. Exactly. You know, and so that's how he tricked her to make her think, oh, well, you're going to be like that guy that tells you you shouldn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very, very, very important point.
1: That is one of the most important points in all that story, because the irony is he was promising her. Now, let's go back for a second for people who might not know. God had told Adam and Eve, do not eat from this one tree in the garden, because the day you eat of it, you will die. So You will surely die. You will exactly. surely die. Yeah. Yeah. And so then Eve is at the tree for some reason, and she starts a conversation with Satan, who is in the form of a serpent. And uh, he's like, "Well, why don't you take a bite?" And she goes, "Well, God said we couldn't take a bite because if we take a bite, we're going to die." And she and he says, "You you surely will not die." So he directly attacks the truth of God, and then, like you said, he he goes on beyond that because that probably didn't sit well with her. So he goes on. And he says, "What what God didn't tell you is that when you eat of this, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God yourself." So here's the here's the greatest irony in that whole thing. They were already made in the image of God. They could not have been more like God in any way than they were in the sense that when he said, "Let us create man in our image, let's make them like us." And so they already were as much like God as they could ever be. And yet he was he was able to just like get her to veer off and think, "Wow, I could be like God." And she should have stopped and said, "Look, God's my father. I'm already like God. What does this guy say?" But that's again, that's kind of how close the lie was to the truth. But see, that goes to the
0: that the first time he told her, she went, mm, I, "I don't know about that." Yeah. But that's the exactly. second time, she she fell for it. So that that's just exactly. shows you how how he will 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 coerce or entice you yes. with something that's close to the truth. Yes. That's, that's just a, that's a very interesting story. The other part of it is, is which is you will surely die. So for those of you that don't know what that meant was, it didn't mean she's going to die when she eats. That means that she will die like we die. And the reality is, is if she have never eaten of the fruit, Adam and Eve would still be alive today. They would have lived forever.
1: Yes. Yeah. So there's, and so that was God's prophecy. I mean, it's that's like literally the first prophecy we have in a real sense. And um, and of course, that should give us an idea of how bad things can go when we get away from what God says about the future. And the whole everything we see Israel and Gaza, the trouble in our communities, the trouble in, you know, it's shooter in Maine. All of that stems from her not believing God's prophecy, but rather believing a false prophet. And so when you get on YouTube, you might think, well, I'm just watching these guys to see what they say. Or I'm just watching to see what they say about Israel, whatever. Look, man. <laughs> That's a dangerous game because there's a lot of people who don't read their Bible. They never read their Bible. If you look up the statistics, I don't have them in front of me. It's appalling how little of the Bible that even Christians read every week. It's most Christians. They only get the Bible when they go to church on Sunday morning. So a group of people who basically never read the Bible, all of a sudden they're experts on Israel and, and Hamas. You know, it's like the only reason they think they're experts is because they're pulling up their favorite uh YouTube prophet and they're listening to him and they're like, oh, well that makes sense. Well, of course he's going to tell you stuff that makes sense to you,
0: (laughs) just like Satan did. Just like Satan, you know, if you you'll be more like God, exactly. Yeah, and and what's so the simplicity of what God said is, do not eat of the tree. You need to know anything else. That's right. Don't do it. It's It's, that's that's simple, not complicated. But we have gone on to complicate it. And I wanted to point out one more thing real quick, and that is these people that are prophets and it could be TikTok, YouTube, whatever. I think there's, there's two kinds. I think there's the kinds that are doing it with intent because they have an agenda Mm -hmm. and they really are working for Satan, trying to do exactly what that serpent was doing, trying to get you off the path because if they do that, they don't love you. If they do, if they're getting you off the path with intent, they don't love you. And then there's the people that think they know, Yeah, And then they, they don't really know. And so there's examples of that in the Bible. Yes, that's right. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And you don't know. And and that's the thing you don't know their intent. And so that's why it's important to be careful because you don't know how they live their lives away from that, that Bible and that desk in front of, them. you know, when they're on there, boy, they're filled with the Holy ghost telling you what's going to happen. And, but you don't know, know, as soon as that, that camera shuts off, we've been around people like this. It's like, Hmm. <laughs> you're not, you're not even trying to be a Christian, you know? Well, the Bible says you will know
0: them by their fruit. And so, and, and, and so and you can't if you, know these
1: people because you're not with them.
0: That's you know? right. But people that you do know, look at their fruit. And I don't mean the fruit that Johnny says about them. Look at their fruit. And what I'm saying is there's people that will do exactly what we're talking about. They will lie about people. They will say things about people and something about our, our makeup, we take in, it's really odd that we will take in a negative, something that somebody says negative about somebody, we'll take it in and believe it. Something somebody says positive about somebody, you go, oh, okay. You know, it's just, it's a a bizarre human thing. But I find that when somebody comes to me and goes, let me tell you about such and such, man, you know, that, 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 and I go, oh, wow, really? And I take that in. Yeah. But if they say something nice, which is very rare on the yeah. other hand, you go, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, I don't, it's human nature. It's, it's bizarre, but that seems to be just human nature.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. If it leads, it bleeds. That's why you find the, 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 the false news on the front page and you find the correction on page 13, mm-hmm. you know, because and nobody's going to look for that. Nobody cares. By the time, by the time the truth gets out, Mark Twain said, uh, uh, a, a lie is halfway around the world before the truth can get its shoes on. And, and it's <laughs> that's truth, true, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the way it's been ever since that garden experience. So, so that was the first like experience we had with false prophecy was the enemy saying, "Hey, let me tell you the real story here," and uh, she believed it, and and here we are. But throughout Scripture, we have prophecy, and and prophecy shows up a lot throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. But um, we talk about it today being a prophet is kind of a popular thing. It's like, you can, I mean, they're selling merch, man. they got their own merch. You know, it's like crazy stuff. And you're like, well, maybe God just blessed them. Let let me explain this way. None of the Old Testament prophets of God were selling merch. None of them had a big following. If they, look, I'll bet you Elijah wouldn't even be on YouTube today. They'd probably pull his channel for one thing. But then the other thing is, most people who like prophecy today wouldn't like what he had to say. In other words, Prophets were not popular. This is the whole thing. They were not popular. That's why they killed them. You know, prophets weren't esteemed until generations later. You know, Isaiah was Isaiah and, and Mike and all these guys, they were like, they didn't even want to be a prophet most of the time. They ran from it. Look at Jonah. Like, this was not something you you um, aspired, aspired
0: to be. To, yeah. yeah,
1: no. Today it's like, boy, I think if I could be a prophet. I mean, I could have a YouTube channel, and TikTok, I could be rolling in the dough. People would buy my t shirt. That's not that's not how it works. That's not how it and, works. At and all. that's
0: that's wrong on its face. And the other thing is, is they try to portray Jesus as a hippie, a pacifist hippie, that kind of stuff, right. to pass off a lot of these things, which there again we go back to a line. Jesus was not a pacifist hippie, right. no matter what they tell you. Right. And um I remember um there was a, a specific time where Jesus was was preaching and the uh the, the disciples were looking at each other like holy crap did he just say that what you know this he yeah. they tell no they tell him this is just too hard
1: what do you mean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're going <Yeah. laughs> he said uh, if you're going if you're going to be with me you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood and about most of the crowd got up and literally walked off on that one and yeah. the disciple looked around like i can't believe he just send out the herd like that. (laughs) And uh, then he looked at them. He said, are you guys going to leave as well? And uh, they said, no, I mean, where else would we go to hear the words of life? Like they knew, but he had to do that sometimes because he wasn't out for an audience that he did not need an audience and, and uh, a fan base. He wasn't looking for a fan base. People showed up to hear Jesus teach because they'd never heard anybody teach like that. And they knew it was, they knew it was from God because, basically something he was going to say was going to offend somebody at some point. And so they say, good preaching, um, good preaching comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. And, and that's, that's, that's what we need. That's what was in the old Testament. That's what was in Jesus' ministry. Paul's writings are full of that. If you come at it with the right spirit, you might feel hurt by something, but you'll feel convicted by it and you will realize there's hope. Uh, But, but a lot of these guys today, are out there just telling people literally what they want to hear, and the thing is, like when we talk about false prophets, you don't even have to get out of the books of Moses to find out what God thought of that because he he gave explicit rules on how to deal with false prophets. Basically, you take them out and you kill them. Mm-hmm. That's that's what God thought of it. Now, I'm not suggesting that we go out and kill false prophets today. It will take I a say, long the time. still
0: there. Say what? <laughs> It would take a long time.
1: (laughs) It would take take so long. Uh, And
0: uh, I think it was Adrian Rogers that said, when you're looking for the devil, don't forget to look in the pulpit. You know, don't miss the pulpit. That's right. And um, so go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, and, and you mentioned earlier, we've been talking about YouTube and TikTok, but hey, there's hundreds and hundreds of churches across this country, maybe thousands that have false prophets. I mean, and honestly, they're some of the biggest churches why see that's the other thing true prophecy from God does not bring in uh, a lot of fans it doesn't because it's, it never has never will that's they build they build these uh these monuments to the to the prophets but those monuments are built somebody said the monuments are built with the stones that were used to kill them when they were alive you know and uh, Jesus said and I think it was in Luke he said uh beware when all men speak well of you because they, spoke well of the false prophets and we know what mm-hmm. happened then. So so the idea is when somebody's got a huge following and their subscriptions are up because they're giving out these prophecies, man, that's honestly that's a you want a sign? That's your sign right there. That's a problem because that's not how it works. Um look, God gave a lot of prophecies about the Messiah. When Jesus showed up, this is important when Jesus showed up after hundreds and hundreds of specific and general prophecies, they didn't know it was him. And they were looking. They were literally looking for him every generation, waiting for him. Yeah, waiting for him. They knew it in the book. I mean, the only people that it says showed up because they read about it were the the Magi coming from the east. They said they had read in the scriptures, and apparently nobody else in Israel at that point was even familiar that that's what those scriptures were pointing to. And so uh, when when Herod found out, of course, he wanted to kill the babies because he didn't want to he didn't want any competition with this new new king. Mm-hmm. So. Prophecy is interesting because God doesn't give us prophecy so we can figure out what's going to happen in the future. That's just not how prophecy works. Prophecy works so that when those things are done and happen, we can look back and go, Oh, God said that was going to happen. So it's to verify His word and give credibility to Him when nobody saw it coming. That's the idea of prophecy. Not that we're all sitting here going, Oh, I read in a book. Here, you need to read this book. It's a best selling book, it's going to tell us what's going to happen. Like, we already have the best-selling book of all time that told us what was going to happen. But if prophecy works the way it works, we won't even recognize it and know it until after it's happened. That's literally the point of prophecy. Otherwise, they would have all seen Jesus and gone, well, here we go. But they didn't. They killed him, literally. And so the same is true with us. But part of our problem, I think, is that we have so much information in Scripture to see how things were in the Old Testament. Paul was able to, without even having the New Testament, Paul was able to make the case for Jesus out of the book of Isaiah and the Old Testament, which is pretty strong. I don't think most of us could do that even today. We need John and Matthew and, and the book of Acts. We need those things. But he didn't even have those. But he was able to make the case. Well, now we have all those other books. And for some reason in the 21st century, we think because we can see what already happened in prophecy, obviously we've got a handle on it. So we can tell you what's going to happen down the road. And I think, I think we're really messed up that way. And I'm not saying that nobody is telling the truth about what's going to happen, but I think most people are not telling the truth about what's going to happen. Now they're kind of, a lot of them are throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. And the problem with that is that we live in a culture where honestly, people don't care if it doesn't stick because they just want to hear what they want to hear. We both know people who have said things that were supposed to happen it didn't happen. Very specific things, and and nobody's holding them accountable for it. Which makes them a profit. Yeah, that's exactly right. right, and it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. But um, I'd be
0: terrified to even venture down that road. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good way. And the other thing is this. So we talk about people being popular for for giving out prophecies. Look, I don't know if you've ever gone on these channels on YouTube, but there's some of these prophets I'm talking about hundreds of millions of views, just crazy amounts of views. You remember when Elijah went and he um he called down fire and beat the prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. OK, so he was like the main prophet of the time. And he he was reluctant, man. He 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 did what God said to do. But after that, he went off and kind of hid and he felt depressed and all that. And but
0: let's let's back up, and tell the story. So yeah. what it was was the these uh, prophets of Baal kept claiming that, that that their God was real. So Elijah went up there and said, nah, I don't think so. That's right. and he literally called down fire from heaven yes. and then it burnt all their stuff up. That's right. They kept trying to do it and it wouldn't work. Yeah. So and yeah. he called down fire from heaven yes. and burnt all their stuff. That's them right. too, Right. Didn't it get them?
1: Yes. They all well, they, killed they all were the the themselves too in the process. Yeah. He had prayed for no rain and it didn't rain for three years because he prayed. That's a real prophet right there. So yeah. they were like, well, we can pray down rain from heaven. And he's like, all right, let's have a competition. And so they they were, like, doing everything they could, everything, to the point where they were actually cutting themselves so they could appease Baal and have him bring rain. So then it became uh, Elijah's turn, and Elijah took the altar, and he set the altar up. He put the animals on the altar in the wood. Then he had the gall to take water, buckets and buckets and buckets of water, and pour it on the thing that was supposed to catch fire. Now, think about that for a second. Everybody <laughs> here, it's a drought. Nobody has water. And he's pouring it on the, on the sacrifice. He's wasting all that water. And then he's supposed to have it light somehow. And sure enough, of course, he prayed and God sent fire down, consumed everything, consumed the water that was going around, and everything just went up in flames. He left that, and then he became, he went into a state of depression. And he was, like, discouraged about his life. And he thought he was the only prophet. And God's like, I forget how many it was. God's like, you think you're the only one? I've got, like. 1200 other prophets and it was some crazy number but we don't know the names of those people because because prophets are not popular in their time nobody wants to be around them except today now everybody loves Mm -hmm. a prophet today but they love the prophet because a lot of these prophets today are telling us stuff to help us feel like we're going to be okay like Mm -hmm. in other words for this israel thing for instance well hey this is a good sign because this means jesus is about to come back. Okay, let me just I know Jesus is gonna come back. And I, I'm ready. I wake up just about every day saying, Lord, please come back. At the same time, it should scare us that Jesus is about to come back and we're more excited about leaving than we are going out and sharing our faith. Like let's say Israel is a sign, this situation in Israel is a sign that Jesus is about to return. We better get busy. You know, we better get busy evangelizing the world. How many people do we know that are going straight to hell and we're not even telling about Jesus? But we're real excited that all of a sudden the terrorists attack Israel because that means Jesus is coming back soon. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, that's not the point. And in fact, in the book of Acts, when Jesus went up to heaven or before he went up to heaven, the disciples said, Oh, is it now that you're going to return the glory of Israel and the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus is like, Guys, (laughs) guys, there's a world to win, man. You've got business to take care of. Jesus went to heaven, and and the disciples were standing there looking up. And all of a sudden, these angels come down and say, what are you looking up for? The same Jesus who who left, he's going to come back in the same way. But you need to go to Jerusalem because you need to have power so you can go tell people about this Jesus. So if anything, when we see Israel is at war again, and we see some things happening that are really scary, and we might think, oh, good, I'm so glad that means Jesus is coming back. I mean— we need to be thinking, man, Jesus is about to come back and we're supposed to be busy when he comes back, not standing here hoping he's about to come back. And that's, that's the um, prophecy is not to help us understand when Jesus is coming back. It's to let us know that Jesus is coming back. That's more important because that's the, that's the imperative. The imperative is Jesus is coming back. In fact, what you see now, and, and we both kind of have the same eschatology of what's going to happen in the end times, but you know, I, I believe Jesus is going to take us away. And I believe when he does, it's going to be a hundred times worse than it is now. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Like, we think it's bad, right? And, and we, we take precautions. And we are concerned about what might happen. I saw the FBI said something today about um, their concern Hamas might try to do things in America. I didn't read the article because I know, I'm sure I know what it says. But, you know, we're, we're experiencing that. But it's going to, and that's bad. We don't want our kids to grow up in that. But think about this. Once Jesus comes back and takes his church away, it's going to be worse than it is now. And that's not even hardly imaginable that it could be, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. right now you turn the news on, you don't know what bad news you're going to hear. Imagine if you turn the news on and it was a hundred times worse than what we heard today. And that's the world that people are going to be left in if we don't reach them. And so Jesus told us he was coming back. Not so we'd stand around or, click on a YouTube to find out what day he was coming back. But so that we'd be about his business and, and letting people know, man, you know, like Noah did, you know, and Noah wasn't super successful at getting people in the ark. And uh, the prophets got killed. <laughs> they thought it was crazy. was crazy. They thought it was crazy, <laughs> but he stayed with it. you know. But some,
0: uh, one little point that I want to bring up right there is that there's people out there that are false prophets and false preachers, that kind of stuff. And they're telling you, Things uh, that, let, let me say this. If you don't believe that there's a God and you don't believe that Jesus was the son of God and you don't believe that the Bible is true, think about this. You don't hear anybody going after the Muslims. You don't hear anybody going after all these different religions. You hear everybody going after Christians. You hear everybody going after Jews. You hear everybody going after Israel. If there's, I don't, I don't believe there's a Bigfoot, and I don't spend any time out trying to right. destroy Bigfoot. Yeah, you know, there's no point in trying to destroy something you don't believe is real. These people know it's real. In fact, the Bible says that you may not believe in God, you may not believe in Jesus, but the the um um demons. the demons do. Sure. You know, they know. So don't be fooled by all this because what they're trying to do is get you to believe that when somebody comes to you and tries to tell you about Jesus, they hate you. Yeah. It's exactly the opposite. That yeah. is the lie. That yeah. is the lie. When they come to tell you about Jesus, it's because they love you and they don't want you to go to hell. That's but right. the lie out there is that somehow Christians telling you about Christ is a bad thing and they hate you. That could not be further from the truth, but that is out there. That's all this stuff they call, they're trying to to say that the Bible is hate. The Bible's not hate, the Bible's love. And But that is the lie.
1: Yeah, that's right. And Jesus warned us, uh, Peter warned us, uh, Paul warned us in the various epistles that in the last days, there'd be people who would do this. And we have to be ready in season and out of season to speak the truth. Because sometimes, look, sometimes it's been a lot easier Uh, in in America's history. For instance, there were times when, you know, America wasn't going to heaven, but America was an environment where you could practice Christianity and basically everybody was in agreement on it basically. And then now there's times when it's not so much and that's why we've got to be ready in season and out of season. Sometimes you're going to be accepted by what you say and sometimes not so much. And, but, you can only speak the truth if you know the truth, and unfortunately, a lot of people are sharing. Look, this this kind of gets me too. People can easily and quickly and regularly share links to these false prophets. Hey, they'll send it to you on your text, right? Hey, check mm-hmm. this out. But then they're the same people. It's like, well, how many people did you witness to this week? Well, I, I don't really. I'm not good at that because <laughs> you spent you sent a hundred links, <laughs> you know, through your text. And messages and emails, and yet you couldn't share your faith on how Jesus saved your soul, you know, with somebody. And uh, so it's, unfortunately, it's easier to spread the lie than it is to share the truth. And that's weird because it shouldn't be that way, but it's easy. And unfortunately, we want an easy approach to all these things. And we want an easy approach to prophecy. And that's something that's, man, if there's anything that's not easy, it's prophecy. Because sometimes we think we know what the prophecy is, but it's, there's a reason it's tricky. God's not trying to tell us the answer. He's trying to t- tell us that someday you're going to see this as the answer. Not today, because if that's the case, then I, there's no prophecy. Then I just told you the reality. But as it is, someday you're going to look back and go, oh, man. And we've all done that in our lives. We look back and go, ah, that's why God was doing that. You know, mm-hmm. Now it makes sense. On that day, we were like, oh, this is not good.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: then later on, we find out that he was working all things together. And that's probably, but see, in the, in the meantime, we get crazy. We, we try to make it not happen, or we think we know what it means. If we try to make it happen. There's people who are trying to ma- make things happen in Israel so Jesus will come back. Like, we were never told to do that. We don't never. have to do that. It's going to work itself out. God's going to do whatever God's going to do. We were commissioned to go out and spread the gospel, not try to raise some red heifer and some, you know. Idaho farm. You know what I'm saying? It's like,
0: yeah. that
1: wasn't. he doesn't need your help, man. What he needs is you to join him in his mission to save the world. Because one of these days that red heifer is going to pop up. Right. And at that point, it will be too late to do a lot of what we're talking about now. So we should stay about his business, making it our business and leaving that business to him.
0: And I wanted to uh, bring up something uh, else kind of along the lines of what you're talking about. The Bible says that in that when the Messiah returns, he's going to return through the South Gate. And at the South Gate, the Gate Beautiful is what what they called it. So this is just another example of that the fact that that Christ is real and he is going to return. If you go to Israel, what we're talking about is in Jerusalem. There's a a, a gate, basically a giant fence, a giant wall built around. Around uh, Israel, the Temple Mount really is that—that's what it's around. Yeah. So, the the according to scripture or according to uh, the, uh, the Jewish religion, a rabbi is not supposed to go in a graveyard because the, that defiles them. So they literally put a graveyard there. They know the pro- they know the prophecy. It says that he's going to come through that south gate. They put a graveyard there. Then they brick the hole up in the gate. <laughs> like that's gonna stop Jesus from coming back. That it has yeah, to make you laugh. Yeah. But they believe it enough to put a graveyard right. and, and close yeah. the gate. That's Definitely. how much they believe it. And they're not Christians. Right. You exactly. know, but they believed it enough to do those things to try to stop it from happening. Just like you were saying, people are trying to make it happen. There's people on the opposite trying to stop it from happening. Exactly. Like they have control over it. It makes me laugh, really. Yeah.
1: Well, think, okay, think about when Jesus was crucified and he was buried. And then the disciples went into hiding. And the Bible says that they didn't remember that Jesus said he was going to raise from the dead until after it happened. Then they were, oh, yeah, he did say something about that. But interestingly enough, when they put him in the tomb, the chief priests and all that crowd got together and they said, remember when he was alive, he said he was going to rise from the dead. So they did everything they could to keep him in the tomb. So there's an example right there. The ones who were supposed to believe had forgotten. And the ones who were against Jesus, they remembered. Mm -hmm. And so they were trying to make it so he couldn't rise from the dead. You know, good luck with that. And then the other ones were fearful. They did not even believe he rose from the dead when he rose from the dead. So that's a great example of Jesus said, I'm going to do this. And then the people who were supposed to know and supposed to believe, faithless. And the people who were on the other side, they were like, Oh, I remember taking notes that day. So we need to make sure that he can't get out of that hole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's that's exactly it, you know. But we look. I think a lot of I think a lot of this when we get to the other side. I mean, way to the other side in heaven. He's gonna he's gonna kind of explain to us what was going on, and we'll be like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but we hey, thought
0: we we had more control over this than we actually yeah. did.
1: <laughs> there's, there's whole sections. I mean, there, there's conferences of prophecy, there's books, there's tours, there's videos, there's channels. There's, I mean, look, it's big money, man. I hate to say it that way, but that's what it in the Old Testament. G, uh, God used the prophets to speak against those who were making money off of the, the prophecies or false prophecies. And so, you know, Israel had a problem with uh, idolatry pretty much their whole existence. And then God sent them off into slavery with in Babylon in the book of Jeremiah is Jeremiah wrote off to those people because when they got to Babylon, there were false prophets who said, Hey guys, don't, don't unpack. We're heading back to Jerusalem. This was just like, God wanted to slap us on the wrist. We're going back soon. And, and Jeremiah heard about it. Jeremiah is a weeping prophet. That's who he was. He writes to the people in Babylon saying, Hey guys, y- y'all need to, y'all need to go ahead and buy a house plant a garden, marry off your kids where you are, because you're going to be there for like 70 or 80 years. In other words, most of you will die where you are. Even you kids are going to die out there. And so he was battling the false prophets because the false prophets were giving a false hope. This is temporary. We're going to be okay. God loves us. We're his people and all that. Well, look, I mean, God loves us all. And, And he created us all in that sense. We're all his people. And God has a special relationship with Israel, but God sends them off to slavery multiple times.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So I'm actually a little late, given my thing. I was so enthralled by what you were
1: saying.
0: (laughs) Uh, So we've got about three minutes left.
1: Okay. And let me me finish that one up a little bit. So Jeremiah's like, guys, don't listen to those people. You're not coming home. You're going to be there for 80 years, and you just need to kind of settle in, which was not what they wanted to hear. But that same chapter, chapter 29, verse 11, is where we find, but God says, I know the plans I have for you, not to harm you, but to give you a, give you a purpose, to, to give home. you life, and to bring you out. I'm going to bring you out, but I'll bring you out when you seek for me with all of your heart. So in the middle of this horrible prophecy that they did not want to hear, we find the hope of redemption. God's not going to leave us. I mean, he's gonna, I mean I'm going to die here probably. This is not where I wanted to die. I wanted to die in my home in Jerusalem, but I'm going to die in this this heathen, pagan place called Babylon. But at the same time, God is not done. God is not through with me. And God's not through with Israel, man. Look, Israel, they got some problems. They've had problems ever since the beginning. God loves them, but God is still reaching out. God's had to take them to the woodshed sometimes, but God still loves them. He loves us. Hey, he loves the people in Gaza. He sent his son Jesus to die for them, too. So, He's a good God, yeah, but we need to. I think for us, especially as American Christians, we need to kind of dial back our interest in every single prophecy that pops up on our newsfeed, and we need to dial in on what God said. And if we do that, it will be ready for whatever happens. Whatever happens. Yeah. And people think just
0: just for a little FYI, real quick, Israel in the last two thousand years, and what we're and what we're talking about is the Jewish community in, in Israel in the last 2000 years has actually been in control of their destiny or their self governed about 150 years total in 2000 years. Yeah. So this, I mean, this skirmish is not something new to them. They've lived like this, basically
1: their whole existence. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And And on purpose, God, God knew what he was doing. God, Look, God God has made such an illustration out of Israel for thousands of years. Um, that there's no reason there should be an Israel except for God. Yeah. You want proof there's a God? You explain to me how that small number of people can go through what you just said, such a, such a short time of actually determining their own destiny, and be such a few number of people and hated by so many people. You explain to me in the natural realm how they are still able to... to to be there. And that's the most prosperous area. That's a, that's a life-giving area in that whole area. But yeah, that, that proves God.
0: And they've been attempted to be eradicated Mm
1: -hmm.
0: by so many uh, uh, places. You know, they were under just before they, they uh, 1948, when they became a country again, they were under British rule. A lot of people may not know that Mm -hmm. they've been under rule from so many different places where they tried to wipe them out. But, you know, going back to the Bible, the Bible said that they that's not going to happen, that that is the promised land. That's their land and they're going to have it no matter yeah. what. Yeah. yeah.
1: Look, I, I don't know. And this will be my last thing unless you got something else. But for me, if people ask me, when do you think Jesus is coming back? That's the big question. And my answer is, I don't, I don't know when he's coming back. I just know he's here now, mm-hmm. you know? He's here and he's working in my life and your life and he loves you and I need to be about his business and so when he comes back that's that's on him. I don't it, I don't know. All I know he's here now and we need to live that out. And people. if
0: you know the Lord, it doesn't matter when he comes. What I think people are trying to do is live like heathens and then at the last minute Ooh. they know he's coming and try to try to, to change yeah. and that's not going to work. You've got to follow Jesus now. Get your life right now. You don't know. The Bible says that no man knows the day or the time. Nobody. So no, if you hear a prophet give you the day and the time, they
1: are a false prophet. Is that fair? That's about as fair as it gets. But man, <laughs> there was a book called Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. It was like 88 Reasons He's Coming Back in 1988. I'm like, but did you... Okay. Yeah. One verse says yeah.
0: yeah, it's I mean, that verse is it's kind of like going back to the garden where he yeah. said, you eat of the fruit, you shall surely die. Yeah. That's very easy to understand. It says nobody knows. Nobody. <laughs> that concludes you. If you think you're a prophet, you don't know. So quit saying it. It just makes you a false prophet. That's right. That's Yeah, makes you look yeah. like an idiot. David, yeah. thank you so much for this, my friend. No man, thank you. You rock. That's that's awesome. And this this was great. And friends, I hope y'all learn um learn some new things and and uh we'll have David on again. He's been on uh, a couple of times and and uh we'll have Trey probably next week. He's like I say he's out on assignment filming, but we'll get him back and uh and we'll have, have you on again, David, soon.
1: Yeah, hey, if if anybody wants to know more about how Israel plays into the end times, they can click on another channel. But if you want to know how you can get right with this God who loves you, then send a message. That's right. How can they get, how can they get with you? Yeah, man, you can, they can send me an email if they want to at gould enterprises at yahoo.com. And uh, we'd love to talk with you. That's the most important thing anyway.
0: Yeah, there's nothing more important than Jesus. That's that's the bottom line right there. And that is not a false statement. That is a true statement. And anybody that tells you that that's not true, that's a false statement. And you can take that one to the bank. Appreciate you, David. Thank you.